Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mike Shope and the Bulldog. I, I don't think that's a very good attitude. It's Mike Shope. You don't think? You don't You don't think? I don't think you should be buttoned in when I'm talking to my team. You're my assistant, okay? You're supposed to back me up and go get me juice boxes when I tell you. Now go get me a juice box. You know who you're talking to? It's the Bulldog. I'm talking to the juice box guy. You're crazy. I'm not crazy. I'm just thirsty. Why don't you go to hell? No, you go to hell. Why are you there? Why are you grabbing a juice box? I'm no juice box boy, I'll tell you that. Yes, you are. No, I'm not. Yes, you it's are. Mike I'm not. Yes, you and are. the Bulldog. No, WGR Sports Radio 550. Winding down here in the week before Super Bowl 58, Mike Schopen, the Bulldog. We are not in Las Vegas. In fact, we are each at our respective homes today. I'm starting to become self-conscious about how I sound during the commercial breaks when I put the headset down and I immediately start talking to my pets as I have been alone in this house with them since... 6.30 this morning, and uh, it's Eastern time, so that's a while ago. And, like, you know, the, do- the dog is ready for some some fun, and the bird is just enough with me being ignored, and I'm whistling, and I'm talking in that high-pitched dog voice, and it's become uh, somewhat of an embarrassment, at least to me. And now maybe you can share in that. There it is. You know, I'm a little worried for our guest, Trevor Sikama. I saw a tweet from Trevor out in he is in Vegas for the Super Bowl and it's a a, a gif or a gif as Bulldog would say of a guy Trevor slamming what appears to be a hundred dollar bill on a roulette table and you write this is how my week is going that seems ominous I don't know like maybe that guy hit uh maybe he bet it all on 17 and and took down took the whole pot down or something but I don't know I'm a little worried for how your week is going at least at the tables well, I'm actually not in Vegas anymore. I flew back last night, and I'm kind of thankful because of that video. You know, it was uh, you know, it, it was a much better week talking to people, meeting people, you know, going on actual shows than it was gambling for me. So I think you know that's the any any parents out there who are, who are telling their kids that gambling does you no good. I'm firmly in your corner right now. It's no good. <laughs> Never do it. What do you like to play? I'm a 
So I'm mainly a roulette guy. Yeah, there's just I just like that there's so many different ways you could play it. You can do as simple as red or black, odd or even, but then you can get those three-to-one odds. You could bet on the numbers if you want. You could bet on a bunch of different numbers. And uh, we were having a lot of fun, actually, the other night. Uh, we had a good group, a gr- good table around where people had a bunch of singles. You know, it was a it was a $20 minimum bet. But if you you know, broke it up into a bunch of different singles, you could put it on a bunch of different numbers, and everybody was doing that. So no matter what, somebody at the table was probably winning, probably hitting. So yep. it's always a good time when you have that good vibe around the table, and that's it, and that's being the case, even if your luck isn't so great. I've known. Are you of somebody? Course, oh, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry, I just want to I want to ask on this. Are you somebody that if you if you see that's that roulette scoreboard, Trevor, and it's ten reds in a row. You, do you want to walk up to that table? I'm sorry if this is too soon, by the way. I'm sorry. I mean, <laughs> if, if this is painful, I, I really apologize. You, you see that scoreboard. It's ten reds in a row. Are you like, A, you're interested in that table? And then, B, are you red or black? Yeah, I, uh, you know, not only am I interested, I have a hard time with self-control when I see that. So, yeah, I'm, uh, I, I, feel like I, I feel like I bet black more than I do red. But I'll tell you a quick story. I was gambling. This, I mean, this is five, six years ago at this point. I was at a table, and I am somebody who I like to bet, you know, whatever is against what's on a run. You know, if it's been five reds in a row, okay, I'm betting black. You know, odds are it's got to be black. There was a time when it was 11 blacks in a row, and I was like, okay, whoa, 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 hold on. It's got to be red. It 100% has to be red. And I remember I sat there for the next five rolls. And lost $200 pressing, thinking, okay, now it has to be red. Now it has to be red. It ended up being black 23 spins in a row. I cannot imagine the amount of money that the casino made just from those 15-minute spins. I want to think that the PFF team, now I'm, I'm, I'm stereotyping a little bit, but Team PFF, would always be betting against the scoreboard, right? You'd be betting all, all the red, the more the reds in a row, the better. I'm betting the other way or vice versa. Yeah. Like I feel like that's that's going to be the PFF way. Yeah, I remember when I became of you know the age where you could actually start to gamble. I said that to my dad. I was like, no, 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 you you don't understand. You know, it's it, the better odds. It has to be red. And my dad's like, Trev it resets every single spin. And I was like, no, that can't be. The universe, it's always even at some point. And, uh, you know, he couldn't be more right. I was just going to say that, obviously, we've known the Super Bowl was in Las Vegas all week, but it took me until last night and a tweet from our buddy Connor Rogers that I, I think was maybe a, a Liam Neeson uh, meme or gif, <laughs> like, 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 you know, brass knuckles and knives, like night six in Las Vegas. Like, I, that's a haul. That can be a challenge. Like, we, we, you know, we've been to Super Bowls together. Mike and I went when we first got together back in the early 2000s. And even then, I was not like, oh, where's the next party? I was mostly like, is there a Sabres game on? Can I get some, uh, like, pizza and just go to bed? That was it. But Vegas has got to be a very unique challenge for uh, those that are nightlife and gambling inclined. Yeah. No, and and honestly, it was a lot of fun. I I got in on Monday night and, you know, came home last night. So it wasn't too long of a trip. I I felt like it was the perfect amount 
to be there. There are some people who, you know, got in Sunday because they had to get there before the players took the podium on Monday. And if they're staying for the game, I mean, they're in Vegas for eight days. That might as well be eight years. It's like the interstellar (laughs) quote where he's like, oh, yeah, seven minutes is seven years back at home. And so uh, that's what it feels like (laughs) if you're in Vegas for that long. So thankfully I wasn't there too long. But it was, you know, that's a city that's got – a ton of infrastructure, in my opinion, to host an event like that. You know, unlimited places to eat, things to do. Uh, obviously, they've got those big rooms and places to stay. Everything's pretty centralized. You know, the traffic's obviously kind of crazy, but it is anywhere you host a Super Bowl. So I, I really enjoyed my time there. I think it was a good spot for it. Bulldog, remember talking to Trista Crick like a couple of years ago when we were just getting to know her from BetMGM and – I was, I've been going out there, Trevor, for fantasy football in September the last three years. And like, oh, well, I'm only there for three days. Doesn't really feel worth it. She's like, what are you talking about? That's the perfect amount. <laughs> right. If you're there for longer, and she's like, if you're there for longer, you can go hiking. And you can go, you yeah. know, to see Lake Mead or whatever. Like, you can go see these places. Like, what, what are these things you're talking about that are not <laughs> – <laughs> on the Las Vegas Strip. I, right. I, I, I'm, in, I, I'm in Vegas. You're I, telling me to go to Utah now? Like that? I mean, <laughs> wait, wait, what? I, I could hike here. I don't know. I'm just like, there's things I can't do here that I can do there. All right, Trevor. Well, we fooled along long enough here. Uh, how about, um, where do you want to start? This game? Like, what maybe did you learn about this matchup? Or maybe something that might, might have changed your mind uh, from all the conversations you would have had out there? Maybe it, maybe it didn't. Maybe nothing did. Maybe you feel the same way you did when you landed on, on uh, Monday. But Chiefs Niners, what do you see? Yeah, I mean, just from, from chatting with a lot of people, you know, you talk about the obvious points and then you kind of get into some of what people's X factors are. And it does feel like this might have been an under-the-radar X factor at the beginning of the week, but the more people I talked to, it felt like this might have been common knowledge. It's Chiefs defensive coordinator Steve Spagnuolo and how much of a hand he's going to have in this game. You know, everybody wants to talk about Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and um, Travis Kelsey and Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan, Christian McCaffrey, like the offensive guys. And obviously they're going to play a major role in this game. But to me, it is the success that Steve Spagnuolo has had, not just this year, but I would say certainly going back to last year as well, how creative he has been how great of a defensive coordinator he's been putting different players in the Chiefs in, in, in certain roles to really get the most out of their strengths, to complement some of the stars that they have on the defensive side, you know, the Chris Jones, the Legereus Knees, those guys. And I feel as though it's going to be a great chess match between him and Kyle Shanahan, specifically how Spagnolo is going to try to give Brock Purdy something that he is not expecting you know they're going to go through the week of 49ers and they're going to try to have as much on script as they possibly can right because a quarterback that understands what's coming at them they're the ones that don't make as many mistakes and of course in a Super Bowl turnovers and mistakes are more pivotal than any other game because you're the team that you're playing up against is normally at the very highest level like yourself and so for Purdy I've seen out there there's props of him like okay the over under for interceptions thrown is 0.5 basically will he throw an interception and I think he does I think that just the respect that I have for what Spagnuolo has been able to do this year uh, it leans towards there being at least one or two times where he gets Purdy in a situation where the defense is coming one way maybe it's a delayed blitz maybe it's a slot blitz maybe it's okay I was we were showing a sim pressure before but now we're dropping eight something I think that 
he is going to throw a turnover at some point. And I think that's a tip of the cap to what Spagnuolo has been able to do. Something I've noticed as the week has gone on, I've seen this a couple of different times just today, the splits between first half and second half for his defense is pretty stark. Like he, It looks like he has certainly earned a reputation, at least this year, for get, getting under the hood at halftime and like figuring out what you're doing and finding a way to mess it up. Right, right. Yeah, and and that's it. he is in such a rhythm right now. Again, understanding what his guys are capable of, what positions that he can put them in, and like you just said, how he can adjust. It, it, it's such a testament to how well he knows his roster that you see improvement as the games go on. Fans love to talk about, oh, where was the where was the halftime adjustments? And sometimes it's not nearly that easy. You know, sometimes it just is. This our our roster is a bad matchup for him, and we're trying what we can, and it's just not enough. You know, other coaches, and maybe they do need to go to it more, but it's not as common of a thing. I think as fans realize it is, or maybe as easy as fans realize or mm-hmm. think that it can be. But for Spagnuolo, he is certainly somebody who, when you have that good of an understanding of your group of guys, you get some of those results like that to have some really nice second halves this season, and we've seen that. With Trevor Sikama, lead NFL draft analyst for PFF at Tampa Bay Trey, TRE. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here on WGR. If you don't mind the sort of abrupt shift forward here, Trevor, let's talk about the draft for 30 of 32 teams. It's already sort of draft season, draft mode here. Bulldog and I have dabbled in it a little bit. We're hearing a lot about how deep the wide receiver class is, which is great for the Bills in theory, it seems more obvious than ever maybe that it's time for them to get in that that game. But also maybe is it so deep that when you're picking 28th and what's available after round one, maybe they would be inclined to wait. I know it's a long way out, but maybe you do have thoughts on the Bills, the wide receiver position in this draft. We've learned a lot of names already. Or with, for one example, all the defensive linemen that they might be in line to lose to free agency, maybe their or another position will end up making more sense to them. Yeah, that's those are kind of the two positions that I continue to gravitate towards as I'm going through mock draft exercises that involve Buffalo. It's either wide receiver or defensive line in the first round. And, you know, the NFL draft is it's a lot of fun. It is, at its core, you have to pick good players, right? I mean, like, that is what you are trying to do that fit your team. But there is a game within the game, if you will, about, okay, well, we need a couple of different positions here. And and the draft is stronger in this position or deeper in this position than others. Do we run the risk of letting a guy fall? Do we think that we could get him there? You know, I think that there are certainly GMs that are more risk averse. Some guys that like to roll the dice a little bit more Vegas pun there for you guys had to throw that one in there. But I do look at this wide receiver class and you are correct. It's an extremely deep group. However, for what Buffalo needs specifically, and that is that outside wide receiver, that vertical threat type of flanker off the line of scrimmage, number two guy who can really continuously stretch the field that does not allow defenses to creep up given how great Josh Allen's arm is and how he could go deep at any second. There aren't guys like that that you can find much later in the second, third round. When we talk about how deep this wide receiver group is, a lot of it is these smaller players a Roman Wilson, a Ricky Pearsall, a Taj Washington, a Malik Washington. You have these smaller receivers that 
are, yeah, okay, they can play a little bit inside out because the game is just more flexible nowadays, but they're more that traditional slot type of receiver. For Buffalo, I, I think saying that this wide receiver class is deep isn't really understanding the details of what they need specifically as a team. And so to me, when I look at the type of wide receiver that they need, I think of Brian Thomas Jr. from LSU, uh, you know, Troy Franklin from Oregon, you know, maybe even somebody like A.D. Mitchell from Texas, maybe Xavier Worthy if you want to get that speed on the team. And I don't know if you're getting any of those guys when you come back around even in uh, the early parts of day two because I feel like those guys could all be top 50 selections. So it is a deep group, but for Buffalo, I continue to come back to attacking wide receiver in the first round, knowing that one of those guys that could really help that offense will be available for them. Yeah, it really stood out to me looking at like the maybe the top ten, you know, depending on where you look, the size in the top ten guys, again, generally speaking, is but there's a lot of size there. There's a lot of six twos and six threes and six fours and only a couple of six ones. Uh, but then, uh, like you're saying, you get further into it, and there's a reason those guys are pushed up up top. So, yeah, that's interesting. That's something I don't think we've really considered. We thought about the whole group, but what the Bills really need, because slot, to me, they're they're all set with Shakir there, I think, moving right. forward. they right. got to find a guy to play to replace Davis, and I think eventually they should be thinking about a guy to replace Diggs. So they need to find like a like a lead dog there. Yes, I agree completely. And you throw in Dalton Kincaid as well, right? I mean, he is somebody who can play in line, can also play in the slot, and it's like whatever flavor of slot receiver Buffalo wants, they kind of have both. They've got the shifty guy, and if they think the matchup is really well for that, um, if they think that, you know, okay, this team covers the slot a lot with their linebackers, a lot more with their bigger safeties that are coming downhill, maybe you're playing Shakir a lot more in that role for that week because he is so shifty and create that quick separation. But if a team says, if a team's like, Oh, we have a great slot defender and he's just a smaller corner, then you go, all right, well, this is a big Dawson Knox, uh, Dalton Kincaid kind of a week where they are playing in a slot. So I agree with you completely. I think that it's just the type of wide receiver matters. And I think when, when, teams and fan bases and I understandably so I totally get it because everybody's kind of turning the page and understanding the draft class as it is but just saying this wide receiver class is deep doesn't do the process for the Bills specifically enough justice to say yeah let's pass on one for sure because we know we can get one later. Trevor uh, before you go do you have a prediction for what happens at the top is it Caleb Williams to Chicago and Justin Fields gets moved or do you like something else? No, I think basically everybody that I talked to this week when I was in Vegas, they all understand that there are people in Chicago, fan base, I should specify, the fan base, that want to keep Justin Fields and get a army of, of draft picks for trading back for number one. But I didn't find anybody who substantially said that that would be the case over Caleb Williams. In fact, when I talked to a lot of people who either cover the Chicago Bears or just are uh, pretty in tune with the league as a whole, everybody – pretty much believe that Caleb is going to be the guy at the top. So Fields goes somewhere. Is he worth a a late first to somebody, do you think, or maybe less? I don't think so. I don't. And and here's – this kind of goes into the conversation of, you know, do you keep him and trade back from number one? Well, here's the thing. Fields was better last year. I think everybody would agree with that. It was his best year consistently as a pro. 
it still wasn't to that caliber of a top 12 quarterback, like even with the rushing ability. So you are still risking that or betting, I should say, that he will continue to improve. Like what we saw this past year, it was good. It, it, or, or I should say it was better. It wasn't enough. You still need to see more from him. So to me, taking into account the fact that he's entering the fourth year on his rookie deal, you will have to pick up the fifth-year option, and then you will have to extend him two years later. That contract window, given what we have seen from him his whole career, even this past year included, does not warrant a first-round pick to me. I, I do not think that he is going to garner a first-round pick. I think it's going to be something more like uh, one day two, maybe two later day twos, and, and a couple of day threes, something like that. Beyond Williams, May, and Daniels, who I, I assume you've got it on their own tier uh, to an extent, what, what, are you, what are you doing with Penix Jr. and Bo Nix and J.J. McCarthy? Yeah, Nix is, is next for me. Bo Nix is next for me, and, and he has been throughout the whole process. I was pretty high on him going into the season, and I thought he had a really good year. I mean, his play under pressure since his Auburn days is so much more elevated. And I think that he is just a different type of quarterback. You know, I, I will be the first to admit that when I watched Bo Nix at Oregon, I remember saying, don't talk to me about this guy about the NFL draft. I don't want to hear it. I know he's got the big arm. He's got the, you know, football legacy. He can be a dual threat for you as a decent athlete. I was like, he can't play under pressure. He's not accurate enough. He's not an NFL quarterback. Well, over the last two years at Oregon, he has been. And like that's the version of Bo Nix that we have right now. So you don't totally forget what he was at Auburn, but you also have to be able to, give a guy the ability to improve. And I think Nick's absolutely has, especially with all that experience. And so he would be the next quarterback off the board. If you ask me, I like Michael Penix a lot. I think that there have been first round quarterbacks who have been drafted, especially in the back end of the first round who have been picked who are less talented than Michael Penix, but the two ACL tears, the shoulder injuries, I know that he's been relatively healthy over the last couple of years. I just don't see him making the first round. I don't think the NFL is going to take a chance on him. I think that he'll probably be some sort of early day two pick. And then J.J. McCarthy from Michigan, he's the ultimate wild card. I don't have him in the same category with a lot of these other quarterbacks, but it seems like the NFL loves this guy. Coming from a Michigan program that's very pro style in how they operate things, the playbook, the, the calls, how they go about their business, all that stuff. Obviously, Harbaugh making the jump to the NFL, and Harbaugh means somebody who was already successful in the NFL before he got to Michigan. I think that all goes into it. It seems like the more we get from NFL teams as they get to know J.J. McCarthy, the more they like what they hear. He's not a finished product. I think there are still things with getting to his next progression, anticipating instead of reacting, really having a feel for pressure in the pocket, being able to navigate the pocket that definitely needs work. If you plopped him on an NFL field tomorrow, I think that he would struggle. But it's not always about what they're going to be like week one of their rookie year, right? It's sometimes, can this guy get to a point where he wins as a Super Bowl? And I think the NFL is higher on that with J.J. McCarthy than I am. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink... What you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. So that's how I view that, uh, that next crop of quarterbacks. I agree with that. That's been interesting the last couple since Harbaugh took the job. That's what it has sounded like. I'm trying to decide whether I think he's responsible for that uh, because he's certainly been hyping his college quarterback. Trevor, you made it home safely. It's just money. I mean, we're not going to tr- we're not going to start betting on green. I think we know not to do that. But um, anyway, it's great to catch up with you. Thanks for all the time you've given us and WGR over the years. I appreciate it, guys, truly, anytime. I know uh, draft season, if you guys have any more kind of like questions you want to bounce off, I'm always I'm always free. So I appreciate <laughs> you guys having me on. We will. Thank you. Trevor Sikama at Tampa Bay Trey out of PFF. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog here, back with Sal Capaccio after sports. This is WGR. It's Sal Capaccio. Filling up right behind the Bills bench right now with their flags and their hey, 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 hey. Hey, 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 hey. Let's go, Buffalo Channel. On WGR Sports Radio 550. Let's talk about last night and then get Sal Capaccio's take or takes on what will happen on Sunday. Mike Schopen, the Bulldog, here on WGR. Sal, thanks for spending some time with us. Josh Allen gets one first-place vote for the MVP. Lamar Jackson, the other four, nine. Allen ends up fifth in the totals. Lots to say about this. A lot's already been said. What are your feelings about how that went? I expected Lamar to win. I have no issue whatsoever. I think he's a very worthy MVP choice this year. I think he was, um, yeah, he had an MVP year, so no problem. Would have had no problem with Josh. Would have loved seeing Josh win. Um, I thought that those two guys probably were 1-2 or 2-1, and to me, no issue at all. I think it's embarrassing and ridiculous that Josh Allen was fifth. Um, and even more so embarrassing and ridiculous that he was left off completely of about half the ballots. Um, I, I don't get it. I don't understand it. What the criteria would be for these people who didn't even vote for him as one of the top five most valuable players in the league this year. Do you think that that is just like groupthink narrative, the turnovers, like all the stuff that, you know, we didn't dwell on during the year, but you certainly you'd have to really try hard to not pay attention uh to not have noticed it during the year do you, do you think that it, it really was that like mike, mike jokingly said he might have lost the mvp on opening night and like yep. i don't know there might be some truth in that i don't think it's a joke at all i think it's right i asked joe the same question today i said joe after that monday night game like did he have a shot and joe said he was never he was never the favorite after that that might be true you'd know that more guys mike you what might know if he ever was actually he might have climbed back into the favorite spot for a week I, later in the I year. Think but... he, I think he was in the middle of the season at one point. But the, the story of the betting odds, Sal, was that every week, whoever – it was like a jinx. Whoever was the yeah. favorite, their team lost that week, and then somebody else moved in. 
Yeah, I, I think that's right. I do think he could have kind of lost it that first night because it fits into the narrative of Josh Allen or even some truth, which is he does turn the ball over mm-hmm. at a high rate compared to a lot of the other quarterbacks, which is fine. This goes back to I've referenced this interview I've done probably with you guys. Not sure. I was on ESPN radio right before the Pittsburgh Steelers game. I was on with Myra Metcalf and um, Matt Jones and we kind of went at it because of this very thing. Like, it was them just harping and harping on the turnovers and Josh Allen and interceptions. And I kept telling them, like, well, he also led the league in touchdowns. Like, what he's done. <laughs> and and they, 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 they kept telling me I was ignoring interceptions. And I'm like, I'm not ignoring them. I'm putting him in the context of the, the, the things that he does that are so positive had so much more of a positive effect on the Bills then the turnovers had a negative effect. They still won the division. The turnovers, sure, we'd all love Josh Allen to not have the turnovers as many as he's had. We'd all love him to be have zero, right? But he had the, the games he had turnovers, other than the first week, which was horrible, one of the worst games of his career, I'd say. He had the interceptions people note. He walked off the field with the lead in most of those games. Denver, Philadelphia, New England, right? There were several of them, but it goes back to that conversation, but... I, I couldn't believe how much it was just simply about the turnovers yeah. and the interceptions. And this is exactly, to me, the talking point about Josh Allen. I also still think there is some of the, you know, kind of holding your ground bias on Josh when he came out. And there's some, you know, old guard voters who might have just didn't like him when he came out or wanted to want to just tell you every time that he doesn't succeed in a certain way that they've always been right about him. That might be a little bit of it here. I think we're maybe mostly past that, but there could be some of that. Well, how about uh, DeMar Hamlin's not winning comeback player of the year? That's always a tough one to try to <laughs> analyze, right? I mean, Aaron Schatz, who was the one voter to vote Allen first for MVP, made, I think, the right point is how do you vote DeMar Hamlin second in comeback player of the year or anything but first? Yet He's either the winner mm-hmm. because his comeback to the league to, to – to play at all is so incredible or, you know, you're just not going to consider that really a comeback in the traditional sense and not vote for him ends up going to Joe Flacco. Yeah. I I think here we have a situation where the criteria is so widely different for everybody. And even though there's a definition, it's going to be so much about for people. Well, he didn't really play that much. And Joe Flacco played and had success. But to me, that's never been about what the comeback player of the year is. It can be for sure. If you have a major injury and you come back and you're amazing, that's great. But to come back from something, I mean, that's really that's what the award is about. And Joe Flacco himself, after the voting had been done in the regular season before the playoffs, Joe Flacco himself was asked about this when he was named a finalist. And he said, DeMar Hamlin deserves the award. He said, I came back from the couch. He came back from the dead. That's what he said. (laughs) Right. I mean, like, it's amazing. So, yeah, I, I, I don't get it. I, I think this really, it, it's about it. We had people call on the show today. We had people even say, Bills fans, well, you know, he was a, he was a guy that really didn't play much. So what did he really, he, he was inactive. Uh, the fact that he came back to play is the point from where he was. So, yeah, I, I thought that was interesting. By the way, he had eight, was it eight more first place votes than Joe Flacco? To your point, Mike, about you can't vote for a second. And I didn't do the math on this one. I did on the MVP. I don't know if you guys know, but the NHL and NBA do their point system differently. They both go five deep, but the NFL goes 10, then five, which is a huge drop. It's a, you know, cut in half, then three, two, one. The NBA and NHL both go 10, seven, five, three, one. Did not know that. Okay. Yeah. So first place votes are more heavily weighted 
in the football yeah. voting. All right. Shell, what do you think happens in this Super Bowl? I really hope I'm wrong. I think Kansas City wins. I They have Patrick Mahomes. People have said all week you can't bet against Mahomes. It's like betting against Jordan. But I'll make the point, too, the other way, that Tom Brady lost three of these things, you know, and he's a guy you always thinks is going to win them. Uh, but betting against Mahomes and Andy Reid, and especially Andy Reid coming off a week's preparation, an extra week, you know, like he's so good in that situation to formulate a game plan. Um, you know, I, I, I think they probably have a little too much. And then I think about the struggles that the Niners have had these playoffs, which are they almost got beat by the Packers and should have been beaten by the Packers. And they were down 17 points early against the Detroit Lions. They, the Lions had them on the ropes. They were on the ropes by both teams, both home games. I just don't think they're as complete of a team. They can be really good. And maybe if they play a really solid game, they, they'll, they might win. That's fine. And they are favored. But I just feel like the Chiefs are too good on, on defense that the Niners won't be able to have a real high score. And then you just have Patrick Mahomes who finds a way. Right. I, I think it's so interesting. You, you, you tend to think about, of course, Mahomes and the quarterback. <laughs> and, you know, Purdy had a fantastic year, too, statistically. Yeah. Uh, yards and yards per attempt and touchdowns. But I, I sort of feel like we might be in for a game that could be maybe largely decided by which team can stop the other team's running game. Yeah, that's right. And if that's the case, then, Bulldog, you know, the Niners have a real shot because that's been more of the Achilles heel for the Chiefs this year, stopping the run. And, you know, we've, we saw the Bills run against them in the regular season game. We saw other teams run against them. Um, the Chiefs will run, a, run the ball, too. The Niners have some real nice defensive players. But, man, the Lions moved the ball on them. And, you know, they, they had chances even. They blew the 17-point lead, but they also had some other chances there. So, um, yeah, I, I just think that I, I don't want to be right here. I hope I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the score I picked today on the air with Joe is 27-20 because I don't feel like the Niners can really get into the high 20s against this defense. Sal, have you thought about how the conversation about the Bills – might go here in the next seven months or so before they play again. A, depending on who wins Sunday. I'm not sure I can figure out how, if the Chiefs win or lose, what it means to how we talk about like the Bills' chances in 24. The Chiefs have gotten past them. They're in the Super Bowl again. That might be all of it. But just sort of how it's going to be interesting to find out how optimistic the fans are not even knowing what happens here. I mean, there's going to be some pain with the roster and their cap issues. Just, I wonder what you're thinking the rest of the, you know, the, the future of the off season here, just it started already, but what's coming up here is going to sound like and feel like for us. To be quite honest with you, it's sounding to me more optimistic already than I expected from fans. And even maybe internally, like thinking about back to Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean and even with me, like going into the year, I thought, okay, like next offseason is going to be really tough. They got, you know, Gabe Davis can be a free agent. And what are they going to do with Stefan Diggs' contract and all the things we're thinking about? And Von Miller, you know, the cap situation at least, right? Things like that. Yeah. I, but guys, since the season has ended, like I've looked at this roster and I've looked at the decisions, and there are some tough decisions coming, and it's going to be some changes. We know that. But this is the first time in a little while they really have everyone returning on offense, except for Gabe Davis, probably. And we'll see what other changes they make. 
sure, could there be a Ty Johnson gone? Could there be a Trent Sherfield gone? But you know what I mean. Like, mm-hmm. they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, twelve offensive linemen. Eleven of them are under contract. They have zero work to do there. Zero. They have all of their tight ends set, ready to go. Yep, you could argue maybe they shouldn't have Dawson Knox in as big of a contract. That's not what I mean, though. Like, he's going to be back. I'm feeling very optimistic because even though they absolutely have some work to do on defense, no doubt about it, they're also going to get healthier with Matt Milano, which is much more of a, to me, a certainty than Von Miller or Tredavious White. He's come back from a broken leg, and he shouldn't really have an issue there. They're going to be so good at linebacker with those two. I do like their depth at corner, even without Tredavious White, to be quite honest, if that's the decision. And I just like their coaching staff on defense. I think their coaches will always make up for a lot of the gap they might have there. Yeah, I, I think um, I, I I sort of feel like I can feel the optimism, you know, that that you're you're representing here. I'm having a hard time, in part because I feel like they're definitely going to need a receiver, and mm-hmm. I don't think they can go get. I'd be surprised anyway. Maybe they'll pull a rabbit out of the hat here. Um, I would expect that they're going to have to go into the draft for that Davis replacement, or it's just going to be like a journeyman fill-in. Like they're not to me going to get a proven number two receiver. Somebody you go like, oh wow, okay, that's great. Pencil him in for eighty catches or something. I, I just would be surprised, and that sort of shades the entire off season for me. I, I feel like we'll just sort of be. Mm-hmm less expecting the offense to keep pace and maybe hoping it will by, you know, well, if this draft pick comes through or if Kincaid takes a step or whatever, um, I, I just feel like it's it's just going to be harder to predict how the replacements they get for the few spots they have on offense perform. I am right there with you on that point, that wide receiver. To me – um, and yes, in Bulldog, I will tell you, if that happens, like kind of how you describe how they might have to do it, I will not feel as optimistic as I just described two minutes ago. Um, it will be, oh my God, like they got to have, they got, what are they doing at wide receiver? I, I feel like though, based on their own comments, they're going to do something there that we're going to feel better about that group. Maybe not. I don't know what they can do. I, you know, it'll be tough. No doubt about it. But I feel like they're, we're going to feel better about that group going into training camp than we did last training camp. And we do right now because it seems like there is for the first time in a few years, a serious acknowledgement that they need to do something about it. It reminds me of after Josh's rookie year, when Brandon Bean said, he told us we had one of those, remember those, um, those embargoed things we did right with those guys. And I don't think we, maybe we did it last year or not, but he said to us after Josh's rookie year, he's like, I got to get this guy a number one receiver. I got to get this guy some help is what he said. Like, we're going to do that. They go out and they sign Cole Beasley, John Brown. Then the next year they trade for Stefan Diggs. Like, they made a concerted effort in those two. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Seasons. I feel like that's the kind of thing they think they need to do here. I think they need to, based on how you broke it down, teach some of these offensive linemen how to play defensive line, Sal. I mean, they've got the surplus. <laughs> yeah. It's a Justin, reverse Justin Bannon opportunity here where you're going to move, you know, take two or three of these guys and try the other side of the ball. It's not that different. Uh, do you Before you go, do you have, if you've looked at it, a free agent receiver idea that you like? I like Hollywood Brown. Mm-hmm. I don't know if he's if he's going to be priced out from the Bills. Down year, though, maybe the bloom is off the rose somewhat when it comes to him. Because I think he'd be kind of perfect for them. Uh, and maybe not that expensive. I like that idea. I've thought about him. That's a you know explosive type of player, for sure, no doubt. A guy I've looked at that I think could fit in this offense is Kendrick Bourne. And I don't, I don't think he. I have to look at his like forty. I don't think he's like known as some super explosive guy. I don't think it fits that, right? But I've always liked him. I think he's a, a good player. But again, is that a journeyman type of player? I'm not sure. Maybe that would fit into that. Um, I'm looking at his numbers last year. He only played eight games. We had 400 yards. So he's not close to a pace for a thousand yards. Um, you know, but a guy like that, you probably can get for a cheaper rate. Darnell Mooney is a guy I've thought about a little bit for something like this. I've always been a really big Curtis Samuel fan. I'm not sure what you're getting now. But these are guys that I don't think are going to, you know, overly cost a lot of money. But I think you can probably, you know, bring in if you have that appetite for e- 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 any kind of player like this. Sal, thank you. Enjoy the game. We'll talk next week. All right, guys. Thanks. You too. That's Sal Capaccio on the Western Hotline. His appearances are brought to you by New York's only outlet liquor. When you need to stock up, it's the place to buy a case. What's your outlet? As we say a lot, always here for your guy. Who's your guy with the draft coming up? We talked to Trevor Sikama somewhat about the draft and, you know, free agency too. Once we get past Sunday, that's it. Used to be the Pro Bowl was after the Super Bowl, Bulldog. Is the show ever sounded older than remembering <laughs> that fact? But this is it here Sunday, and then we're all into off-season mode. And some of these big moves that happened in recent years in the, in the league happened pretty soon after the Super Bowl had passed. So time to uh, get dirty with this stuff. What's your favorite idea? 803-0550. Mike Shope and the Bulldog here, WGR. Mike Shope and the Bulldog, lines open at 803-0550. The Super Bowl, the draft, the offseason. 
milk is delicious. A line that was actually said on the air earlier today by one of us. Guess which one. Tastes good and good for you. <laughs> Getting connected with our fans. Brought to you by Northtown Kia, Western New York's number one Kia dealer. Shop online, northtownkia.com. Rob is with us. Hello, Rob. How are you doing, guys? Listen, milk is delicious. I love dipping it in chocolate chip cookies and soft, <laughs> the soft ones. Those are the best. But you anyways, go, Rob. Um, yeah, it really sucks that we're not in this uh, game coming up. You know, we played with a JV defense, and we still almost, you know, had a chance to win. But I saw today that the mock draft was that we were going to draft a defensive tackle. And if we do that, I will lose my mind. <laughs> like, we, we need firepower. We need to outscore teams. We need help for Allen. I mean, come on, this is ridiculous. How could we not draft a receiver? I don't, I don't care if we move up. I mean, come on. Yeah, we have to have a receiver on the outside who can make teams respect him, open up, secure in the, in the slot, and give single coverage to Diggs. If we do that, then we're dangerous. That's why I wanted Hopkins in the in the offseason or some other threat that we had. I mean, going defense has not done anything for us in the last three years. If you have the only defensive linemen who are supposed to get to um, the homes and sack them. I mean, Miller was working out until he got hurt. He was actually playing really well. He got hurt, you know, but he's one of the, he's elite. But we haven't found that. We need to go receiver. All these guys who are – I saw Kansas City after us is going to knock to pick a receiver, and, like, that just scares the hell out of me because they're going to have more firepower than mm-hmm. us, and we got to keep up with that. And, you know, they didn't even have their best season, and they still beat us. So, I mean, I don't know. If we go receiver – if we don't go receiver, I'm going to be very, very upset. And I, you know, I don't know what you know. Bean is thinking if he doesn't. I, I, what do you guys think? I, I don't know. I think he might be thinking that he's got four defensive linemen under contract, and two of them are Kingsley Jonathan and Von Miller. Uh, so, like, I mean, there's, there's that, that that's your starting point for why turn your attention elsewhere with your premium assets. Um, so that the you know we've already talked some about it. I'm sure we'll talk a lot more about it. I'm inclined, despite that, to still think the way that they talked and and even having Sal remind us about it just a few minutes ago, um, I don't know. I, I'm, I'm not ready to riot if they don't go receiver, but I'm going to be very surprised if they don't. I think they will find their way to someone who can repl- like plug-and-play replace Gabe Davis. I mean, that that's as big a need to me as their defensive line. I mean, they need a starting receiver. So they're going to have to find one. Maybe, you know, Mike mentions Hollywood Brown and Sale had a couple of ideas, Mooney, Kendrick Bourne, other guys. Like maybe they can bargain bin uh, a starting receiver. That's possible, I suppose. Uh, but I like the idea of drafting. Heck, I, I, I like the idea of them drafting two with their first three picks, honestly, receivers. I have a lot to say about that. And something else the caller, Rob, said along the way. But it has to wait. We'll get to sports here first and then get into it. Anybody else want in on this conversation? I think there are a couple of, dare I say it, good reasons to not pick receiver first. Uh, But I hope to be challenged on this. Let's find out together after the break. Mike Schoep and the Bulldog, 803-0550 for us. This is WGR. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. 
I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.